a listener production. Kickpod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wulan clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickpod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, Hello there. Hello there. I always say hello there, don't I? I wait for you now. I have a question for you. you, I just want to know, have you thought about this this morning? So we usually don't drive in together on podcast days. No. We did today. We did. Could we have used up some things? What do you mean? Did you think about that? I was like, when you last night texted me and we were talking about going in together, I was like, will that mean? Oh my god, we have less things. But I, I don't think. No, it I will. don't think so. I don't think we spoke about. You obviously anything haven't thought was... about this. No, we... <laughs> I don't think we spoke about anything that was worthy of this podcast. Overthinker. <laughs> anyway, that's what went through my mind last night. Just well, that's lovely. It. Yeah, lovely. Um, th- thank you for getting past that and <laughs> still getting in my car today because it was really nice. <laughs> That is because the thing, the reason we, we, we haven't carpooled a lot, we live really close, but what we we're finding, now our desks are quite far from, we used to sit next to each other. Oh, next to each other, yes. Yeah. And I can't even remember, it was only two weeks ago or three weeks ago we moved. But now we sit on kind of opposite ends of the room mm. and so we don't get to catch up mm. on as many things that, you know, we need to during yeah. the day. So we have been. So great. I'm glad about that, that it Great. We still have a lot of things to say. Anyway, moving right along, what are we talking about? Today, we are talking about unnecessary things your partner spent money on. And I'm leading with Dalton because he's got some things. <laughs> we have got a DNM on the cost of weddings yes. and comparison. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that going on right now. And also, we are going to talk about the conversation that came out of last week's podcast. Yes. But before we get into the episode, I do have a very quick Kick update. So you might already know this, but we have been dropping brand new masterclasses into the app every Monday. And this week we have just released brand new boot camp workouts from our master trainer, Leo. Boot camp workouts are also the perfect workouts to do outside or at the park with a friend, may I say. Yes. So while the weather is still good, get your boot camp on with these. If you live in Melbourne, that is. Well, or Sydney, you can also so do it in weather. any area of the world, you can go to well, a park. the weather a will not be as good. No, true. True, true, true. true. <laughs> Depending where you're listening, truly. <laughs> anyway, make sure you check them out. And if you're not on the Kick app, we have a seven-day free trial. All right. So let's get into today's episode. So, Steffi, mm-hmm. the other week on the podcast, I revealed what Dalton dropped a ridiculous amount of money on. My husband, Dalton, has just got blonde tips in his hair. He books the hairdresser appointment. Yep. Came back. Three hours later. And I asked him how much it was. It was a lot. <laughs> how much did it cost to get your hair cut and coloured? $300. <laughs> Can you believe it? So, Can you yeah. It? <laughs> no, I still can't. Anyway, so when we released that episode, you guys also had a lot of things that had happened to you. So we thought, let's share them. And then I'm going to start by sharing some other things that Dalton has spent money on that literally, they're not always, they're not all big things. They're just like face palm moments. Okay, spices. We've got seven cumin jars. Yeah. We've got four cinnamon jars, 
Mm. Not the jars. Josh buys the little packets. Or the sachets. Yeah, yeah the we've also got overlowing. They, they're not, they not user-friendly. I'm they so sorry. Not. Much better in the, in the little jars. I think you we've, only buy the sachets if you've got like pretty jars you want to pour them into. Yeah. You don't? No, but Josh does this too. He's not a very good supermarket shopper. He hates it, hates it, hates it, avoids it at all costs, which is okay because I don't mind it. I like going there. But when he does have to go there, he's very bad at knowing how to check our like inventory. He doesn't know how to look Your in inventory. our fridge. Inventory. <laughs> no, but legitimately. He doesn't know how to check in a pantry or a fridge and like understand what we already have. And so, yes, he often double buys things. So we have things. our spice rack. Yeah. It's more like a whole level <laughs> because we've got enough to make an aisle. Honestly, <laughs> I could we could use spices for our whole neighborhood for a week, I reckon. We could spice it. We have enough. Anyway, so that is one one that's thing. Funny. He bought undies. Well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you should be buying new underwear. You should not buy new no. He bought undies specifically to put in this sleeping device thing that he has to track his sleep. And I'm, What's the difference? I almost passed away when I saw that. I was like, that is just, I don't know. And I don't think he has ever used it either. He bought 20 singlets. Yep. Just unnecessary. And I, I'm not a part of his singlet era. It's definitely less than 20 days in the week. Yeah, so but also no he doesn't, no one needs that many singlets. And I, I think the well, singlet era, every era needs day. to end at some point. Not returning things, period. Like if something doesn't fit or whatever, I'll see it in the room mm. three weeks later and I'm not taking responsibility for that. You do end up doing it, don't you? No, I don't. Oh, you don't? I don't. So no, no, it's it not my side of him. This is not my emotional load. It is yours. <laughs> and then restaurant-sized pots. What? He just likes going to this shop called Chef's Table. It's actually here. It's in South Melbourne, but yes. mainly it's for actual restaurants. Yes. And so he'll come back with restaurant-sized can I say, things. that is not, re- anyone that watches your stories on he the He does make good things, yes. And understands the kind of spread that you put on when a guest comes over. I think that is absolutely necessary. Yes, but we, the pots could feed 20. Which, we don't often have that Except Dalton eats over. for six. True, it's so. true. It is true. It is true. <laughs> anyway, so there's, there's some things. Yeah. Nice. I just, sorry, Dalton. I do love my husband and everyone listening that just thinks I want to throw him under the bus, but sometimes you don't need undies and he's a to bit hold of devices. Fire as well sometimes. If you target Dalton with a Facebook ad or whatever ad, Instagram ad, that says this will make your life better or this is amazing, he'll, he'll be like, honey, you've got to purchase it. No, he won't show me. He'll, he'll just show up. No, he'll say, honey, look what I got. Oh, yeah, look what I got. Yeah. Or he'll be, and then he'll realise he'll get it and be like, oh, this is a scam. <laughs> and he won't tell me. But anyway, anyway, so we have got some of your stories, which, you know, it's, Dalton, you're not alone. I'm not alone in this, of unnecessary things your partner has spent money on. And we're starting with Lara, whose husband bought a smoke machine for $400 and then a drone for $600. He hasn't used either. Surprise, surprise. Wow, a $400 smoke machine. What, what is, the thing with that is, if you are a videographer, or if a you're a DJ, DJ if yeah, you're a party, you love parties with smoke, just, you, you love know, yeah, filming. Joe Blow, that's very random. Yeah. Yeah. What was, I, I would love to know, what was, the, what was he thinking? <laughs> okay, Paula. My partner buys two pairs of every shoe because he wants one to wear and the other pair to stay clean. You know what's so and funny the about this? Just sits there. It's so funny because I, I don't do this. I just like I buy two pairs of shoes every time, but with a lot of my like white sneakers or something, I'll have one pair and it'll get dirty. So I understand having this like clean pair that you like barely touch. 
And it annoys me more than anything than when I do decide to wear them. And, they and get then dirty. they get dirty. And I'm like, now I've just got two dirty white pairs. So I kind of get it. But if he never wears them or never enjoys them, what's the point? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, Candace. First, he bought a normal electric mower. Then a ride-on mower. This is Josh. Now they both sit in the garage and he hires someone no. to come and mow our lawns. Oh, my God. That's something Dalton would do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think it's with things like that, it's like the intention is there. Good intention. And then it's too, it gets, it gets too hard. But at least sell it. Like, yeah, true, true, true. Okay, this one's from Brooke. We were on holidays with our one-year-old son and we walked into a really expensive music shop. Neither of us are musicians, nor can we play any type of instrument. But my partner thought it was a good idea to buy our one-year-old son $200 bongo drums that we have not played since. I'm sorry. That's expensive. There is no... For a two-year-old, there is no (laughs) difference between actual bongo drums versus the $10 ones you can get from Kmart or Target or saucepans. Can I say something? And this is prob- maybe because I don't have kids. Don't buy kids musical instruments because <laughs> they're going to wake you up with it. And the last thing I want when I come into your house because I don't have a kid is this bang, 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 what bang, if bang. become like a musician? Yeah. What if they came, became they like do it at school? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But truly, imagine if Harvey had a, wait. a piano in your his room. Your kids are going to love me. Why they come to you? Come yeah. to me for homework. Come to me like, for. I just want to draw everywhere yeah. and make loud music. <laughs> Mom won't let me. I'll have it. Maybe there'll be a room that's just like it's locked away. The other thing because like imagine if you're watching TV or you're chill, you're just having dinner and yeah. the whole thing it's a tambourine. Yeah. Or maybe you could just have boundaries where they're allowed to play. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, Cody. My partner collects Lego and has been collecting Lego for a very long time. Uh, so much so that he has to have it separately insured from our home and contents insurance. <laughs> and I, at the moment, I believe it is insured for about between $20,000 and $30,000 worth of Lego. <laughs> um, he's also started Lego investing, which is a whole separate thing. So it's about keeping the sets in the box and essentially just storing them until they retire and reselling them later when they have a really high demand. And fun fact, um, Lego investing is a more stable investment than gold, apparently. So that is his justification. But that is what he spends uh, a lot of money on. You know what? I don't hate it. I think that's fine. So it's like, what's your portfolio? I have some shares in blue chip companies. And I've got some Lego. around laughing in, in, you know, 10 to 30 years. With his 30, collection. Well, do you know what? If he is covering it for about 20, that means it's worth that much. So that's pretty impressive. Yes. To someone else, that's, you know, maybe not for us because we don't collect I, Lego. Lego is not no. a part of my... But neither was Pokemon cards and look at what happened with them. So what? I have no idea. What? I what? honestly couldn't care less about There was Pokemon. Pokemon cards going for like a million dollars. Well, yeah, but some, sometimes so are like people sell their poo online for that. No. <laughs> Unless it's poo from someone very, very like famous. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not happening. And also, that's disgusting. We're, let's not think Sorry. about that. But what I'm saying is things like that, collectibles like that, particularly nostalgic collectibles, like that becomes extremely valuable. Mm. So I think whilst it's hilarious because I wouldn't do it mm. and I don't get it, he might be onto something. 
I, well, he obviously is. It's a thing. Well, apparently, it's more stable than Better gold. Than gold. <laughs> okay. Next, we have Jessica. The thing that my partner has spent a lot of money on, which I cannot fathom why, was a textbook. So, for context, my partner is not in uni. He's a mechanical engineer. And one year for his birthday, I asked him what he wanted and he basically told me he wanted this really cool textbook. Apparently, it's a really niche area of engineering that my partner is interested in and he just wanted this textbook for fun because he loves his job, he loves what he does. Basically, he refused to let me buy it for him. He just wanted money for it and now I know why. It's because of how ridiculously expensive it was. But basically, I gave him some money for it, he ordered it this textbook cost my partner $800. Wait, what? Oh, my goodness. Wait, what? You know what? Is it I an electrical this. one? This is, this is an investment into learning, and I think it's invaluable. So I and think $800 textbook? You know, so textbooks actually are very expensive. I, I've never had an $800 one, but some of my law textbooks were around $300. You know where my mind first went, and this where? just proves that I did not go to <laughs> uni. My mind went to, like, a, a book you write in. Like oh, a journal. A and I was like, what yeah, yeah. Frickle hell. Is Why this is that There's a lot of information in there. Okay. Last one is from Kate. Hey, girls. The dumbest thing my partner has spent money on was a sushi train, like a literal sushi train. It was $1,000. <laughs> and I still don't really understand what he had in mind. Can you please explain to the girls what the hell you were thinking when you spent a grand on a sushi train? <laughs> I thought we could use it for, like, cool pop-up events and pop-up bars and, I don't know, it just brings things to you. How good is that? How many of those have you actually done? Zero. <laughs> There's still time. When did you buy it? Oh, at least five years ago. <laughs> that is, is hilarious. hilarious. And also, I mean, I know you can obviously put other things <laughs> on sushi trains, but, like, how often do you make sushi at home? Also, how long does it take to make sushi at home? Yeah. It takes, honestly, yeah. two hours did to make one. Did you what I said? To, like, emphasize it? Or did you actually not hear what no, I said? No, maybe I did. Yeah, to emphasize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I no, no, no. That was emphasizing because truly, okay, yeah. you can, it, honestly, you make the shittiest tiny, unless you're really good, little rolls that are so, they fall apart, they're sticky. Yeah. You make like three you're bites and it takes you two hours and it costs so much and you have to buy that little wooden thing to roll it and... Enough for a train is And wow. also, I feel like the fun part about a sushi train when you, like, go to a sushi train place is, is like, collecting coming. the plates and, like, yeah, not knowing what's coming and collecting the plates. You don't want to collect plates at your house. You want less no. dishes. <laughs> true, true. That, is, that wins. You want all the sushi on one plate. That wins. <laughs> okay, so we have got one of our favourite type of DMs. No, I don't want to say that because I love all the DMs that come in, but... One's about weddings. Weddings are controversial and just a lot. And this one is an important one. Yes. So, Mandy, what is it? <laughs> so this is from <laughs> So this is from Casey. And she says, Hey Steph and Laura, I wanted to get your take on something that's currently going on in my friendship circle. I just got engaged and I'm feeling a lot of pressure to have a similar style wedding to my friends. However, they all seem to be going above and beyond and each outdoing each other in the process. I'm very fortunate in that my family and my fiancé's family will be helping us a lot with the wedding and we're also fortunate to be from families who are comfortable financially. But upon researching what everything would cost to have a wedding similar to my friends, it would be upwards of $100,000. Wow. 
Even if our parents were fine with this, I would feel absolutely sick spending this much money on one day. It's a special occasion and I want it to feel special, but I feel like this is just excessive. I know it sounds silly, but I do fear the judgment that will come from my family and friends if we do have a much simpler and cheaper wedding. Would love to hear your thoughts, Casey. Okay. First of all, no one can judge anyone on how much they spend on their wedding because exactly. it's their freaking day. Like it's completely up to you how and where you celebrate. And I think that applies to everything in life. Everything. How much your, co- your clothes are, how much your house is, your car, whatever. Those things do not matter. Yeah. They are nothing to do with your worth. So I think that is really important. And if anyone in your life is going to judge you on what your mm. wedding is or whatever, they maybe shouldn't be in your life. Oh, I mean, We would click the eject button. 100%. The most important thing about your wedding day is that you two have fun, whatever that looks like. And for a lot of people, that is keeping it super small and simple. And 100%. that is joy in their minds. For other people, it is about having their wedding that they might have dreamed of and spending maybe a little bit more than what you would feel comfortable with. The whole idea is that it's your day and you play it out however you want to. A hundred percent. And I think it's really interesting this came in because I feel like, I don't know if it's just on, on the people that I follow on Instagram or what I'm seeing coming up. I have noticed lately mm. there's particular friendship groups that I feel like each friend is kind of getting married and each wedding is getting mm. bigger and bigger and bigger and more extravagant. And it's kind of like, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the group, so I'm not really sure, but it's kind of, I have this feeling of like, it's like, it has to be better than the last one mm. we went to because it's all of the same friends. And it's just also when I say better, it's absolutely, if you buy more flowers or buy yeah. more, I don't know, arches, it does yeah. not make a wedding better. No, so it it's really, 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 really important, obviously, but it's just, there is so much pressure, and I think, to do not do anything, especially with, with weddings. Like, obviously, with Casey, your family will support your wedding, which is really nice. But there are a lot of people who pay for their full wedding mm-hmm. or their families can't support or whatever it might be. Do not put yourself under pressure or go into debt that you have to pay off for a very, very long time for something that's not for you. So if it's for your friends to try and make them accept you, that is not something, which is they shouldn't be your friends then, but that is not something you should be paying off for the next, you know, years and years and years. Because you absolutely will regret it. Like you hundred percent. That the type of wedding you will regret is one that you didn't actually want. A hundred percent. So yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. You've just kind of got to, I mean, it's easier said than done. I can understand it's hard when, if you're self-conscious about being judged in that way, like it's so much easier to say like, don't worry about it. Don't be self-conscious. Don't worry about the judgment. Um, Because unfortunately, there are shitty people who Mm. will cast judgment. But I mean, from our point of view, it really doesn't matter. And the most important thing is that you're happy. And you have to also think about your happiness after the fact as well. Because it's one day. It's one day. It's so true. It's so true. What I would actually do would be to write down a list of the things that matter to me Mm. was what I did Mm. before our wedding. Yeah. The, The things that I really cared about. So for me, it was as much dancing time as possible. It's also if you've been to a wedding. Yes. What did you love? Yes, exactly. So you write down those yeah. things that mean a lot to you. Yeah. They're the things you care about and maybe you want to invest a tiny bit more on it. Yeah. You might want to get a really good DJ if dancing really yeah. matters to you, whatever it might be, and really own that. Mm. So to your friends and they're like, oh, I hope you don't have friends like this, but I do know there's people like this that exist. Like, mm. oh, you're not having flowers in the ceremony? Mm. No. I'm not yeah. because I don't care about flowers. What I value is the dance floor. So we're doing blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. It does It's not even about money. It's just about where you kind of, what you focus on for the day. And I think mm. it's just like knowing what you care about, write it down with you and your partner that you are marrying 
and stick to that. And that hopefully will help you block out all the noise and the comparison because absolutely what you said, Seth, you do not need to have a wedding for anyone else except yourselves. Yeah. And I I like that idea of like working out where you want to spend a little bit more money and where you could kind of pull back because that's another thing is it's not just like the kind of pretty things like flowers and everything like that, but even those things that are seen as traditions that you don't necessarily need to do. The amount of friends that I have that are getting married and I've like really pushed them on the question, do you want dessert or do you want cake? Because you don't need both. Like, trust me, you don't need both. We paid for both. And that is one of my regrets from a day because, I mean, we had delicious cake for the next day. So that was fine. Um, But I wish we just went with the cake because the dessert table barely got touched because from that point, everyone was up and dancing. And if they wanted something, they had a piece of cake, right? So it's like these little things... And a cake, though, you think, oh, I need a, I need a wedding cake because that's a thing. But you might, your, your family or you may hate cake and you would rather have a cheese board as your dessert. Like, it's okay. You can do whatever you want and invest in what brings you joy. And if you are on the edge, this mm. is my other big piece of advice that I was actually speaking to Michelle Andrews about after her wedding, what she learned. And if you were on the fence about something like, oh, I don't know if we should spend this extra money on flowers because this part of the room is going to have not enough flowers or not enough candles or whatever. And you're like, oh, but that's going to push the budget. I am telling you, you will not notice on the day if you have 10 candles or eight. It's true. You are so busy. You have so much going on. You're you're marrying the love of your life. You're with your, your most special people in your life. Do not feel like you need to push every single limit in terms of your budget. And if you can afford eight, that's in your budget for eight candles, but 10, you, someone's telling you it's going to look better. Yeah. You will not for a second notice. <laughs> so save your money. I want to start this by saying I don't want this to be specifically about tanning culture. No. Or about Steph. I want it to be, I'm, we're going to use it as an example because I think it is a very tangible example. Yeah of this wider conversation that we want to have. So using what happened last week as an example, we spoke about tanning culture on the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's obviously something that is um, extremely, for me personally, it's extremely important. I speak about it all the time and I have for a very, very long time. And we posted it. And I wanted to speak about some of the commentary that came up in that post Mm -hmm. that brought up kind of the wider conversation that we want to have. And that was around... People calling you out and saying that I'm you hypocrite. are a hypocrite, mm-hmm. exactly, because you have posted about, and when I say posted about tanning, you, you spoke about on the episode that mm-hmm. you used to use tanning oil and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and you're not expressly in any way recently saying, I hear I'm promoting tanning, no. you should tan, mm-hmm. but I suppose it was more so in a less express way. Yeah, okay, so to, to help you out, because like I feel like you're trying to be nice as my best friend, but... I think something that I have learnt over time is that whilst I may have stepped away and learnt a lot around not promoting things like that through the years, it's been a long, long time since I've even used them in my own life, let alone promoted. You mean oils or, Oil, or, oils like or anything, yeah, tanning accelerants, all that sort of stuff. It's been years and years since I've used them. I have to say too, 10 them. years ago, they were, they've only just maybe in the past five years been something that we realised, like that people were more speaking about more openly totally. as not being safe. Like back totally. when we were... 17, you could still go to a solarium. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but it's, so what I'm getting at is it's been years since I've used them, let alone actually promoted active tanning and like talking about tanning and changing the color of my skin and all of that sort of stuff. I've learned there's a lot wrong with that and that that absolutely feeds into the culture. What I was ignorant to, I suppose, was that even some of the other stuff that I do and the fact that I wasn't actively talking about sun safety was also adding to the same issue 
right? Doesn't matter what I try to do in my own life and I'm not perfect, but doesn't matter what sun safety things I do actively do in my life. I wasn't actively promoting that nor talking to it. And absolutely, some would argue that a lot of the content that I do post whilst I'm not actively saying, hey, I'm going to lie here and tan or whatever. I might've got a photo in the sun. I might've looked like I was doing that anyway. It's still adding to the problem. It's still adding to tanning culture and encouraging it in a way. So I completely put my hand up and acknowledge that. And I think that's why what we're talking about today is more so when you do acknowledge that there is an issue that you are going to learn and you want to try and change. For me, it was a no-brainer to have the conversation. It was a no-brainer to talk about it. And I think it only hit a nerve, I think, when some negative commentary came up about it because I kind of felt helpless in the way, definitely not trying to victimize myself in this position. It was absolutely not about me. And I think that's what pissed me off the most was like the message that we were trying to get across here is so much more important than what I am doing or what I've done in my past. What I'm doing now, from now, particularly posting this, that's important. And I want people to hold me account to that. But I just think it's a little hard to swallow when I've done a lot of work on myself to get to a point to be vulnerable like that or whatever and to own up to mistakes, which absolutely some have been more recent than others, to actively put that out there and to try and say, hey, I'm learning and I'm going to try and make a change, but still be upheld or still be held accountable to past actions. It's, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. And I think that's what we want to talk about today. That's just an example of it. There's so many different things. Like we've spoken about, I think the biggest fear from the kind of backlash that came from that wasn't just how it affected me. It's I don't want other influencers, anyone that has a platform mm. that knows that people look up to them or put them on some sort of pedestal to see the commentary that happened around that particular instant and think, I can't ever speak about my learnings or actively say that I've, I've done something and that I'm going to change my actions or whatever because then I'm suddenly upheld to, to be this like perfect human in a way that, that, that just doesn't do any wrong and never fucks up. But also they're going to go find an old Facebook post or an old Instagram post where I might be doing something different or against this and they're going to hold me up against it and call me a hypocrite. Like it, it does spark fear, right? 100%. To be vulnerable and to be real. I think what's really, really important to acknowledge in this wider conversation is you had a choice. Mm -hmm. You could have said, I don't feel comfortable talking about this on the podcast. By doing that, what that would have meant is the video that we posted about it at the time we're recording now has over half a million people have mm -hmm. seen it. So it's possible the more and more people will see that. That is about saying no to tanning culture. Mm -hmm. That is educating and empowering people, you know, to make choices about their body and what they do, but with the information that, you know, Australia has the highest mm -hmm. rate of melanoma. This podcast, we have, you know, tens of thousands of people listen to this podcast. So in being able to do that podcast, I've got so many messages from people saying, I have now booked in a skin check and mm -hmm. I never would have done it before. Yeah. I'm now thinking of the way that I am going to my relationship with the sun and it needs to change. But if you had have said no, because you didn't want to put yourself out there, because if it is true, if we didn't do that segment, you would have got, no one would have called you a hypocrite. No one would have said that anything about tanning. But you chose to say yes, because as you said, it is bigger than you. Yeah. And it is about speaking about the wider issue and using our platform to good and being open to change and not focusing on the past and moving into the future. And I wanted to play a piece of audio from Courtney Mangan. Courtney, I highly recommend following her. She's, I just love her content. But Courtney has fought cancer four times. Her cancer started as melanoma. 
So Courtney is someone who has a lot of authority mm. about people speaking online. Totally. About tanning, right? And this is what she said, and I thought it was really great. If influencers can't feel that it is a safe space to change their mind and correct their behaviours and then talk about it, what is the point? Having someone with a, as big a platform as Steph Claire Smith, to have someone like that turn around and say, I now regret the decisions that I made and I'm changing my behaviour when you know better, you do better, is massive. And it's so important because maybe there will be other women who will watch that and go, wow, if Steph Claire Smith can change her mind, maybe I need to have a second think about what I'm doing as well. And so calling her out, calling her a hypocrite, that she should just remain silent because she has talked about how she likes turning in the past, doesn't help the cause whatsoever. And we really wanted to share that because I think it is really important. And we also wanted to talk about the fact that there is absolutely a scale when it comes to saying you will do better, doing better, doing the work, yeah. all of those things, acting better. It's about actions, you yeah. know, not words. But I think what I have to do myself because I'm, even though we work on Instagram, right, mm. I still find myself judging others when things like this happen. And something that I have really have to go deep and do is really ask, first of all, should influencers get more chances and, you know, keep making mistakes and that's okay, then people that aren't on social media? Absolutely not. Should influencers be held to a higher standard is in terms of you need to be more responsible. I would argue probably yes, because you have more responsibility, you have mm -hmm. a platform, you're reaching more people. However, at what level mm. are we going to force judgment on people? It's really, really important to think about the standards we hold others to and understand that we are imperfect and that is who we are. We're not going to always get it right, but we always try to do our best, mm -hmm. right? And for people listening, I think it's just have a think about that before you, you know, go and attack. And there was some constructive conversation, mm -hmm. absolutely, but there's also a lot of shaming and things like, oh, well, this is why I hate people on social media. It's like, let's be honest, like people are influential on social media. Mm -hmm. I do think that they need to be held, influencers and people that are influencing people, to a higher level of responsibility. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to make sure that we are creating as safe as possible space on both sides. Yep. So people want to continue to change and grow and learn and be better and do better because otherwise we will just be silent because there's no backlash coming if you're silent. Mm -hmm. But then we can't make change and we can't grow and we can't evolve. And we can't use our platform for good. <laughs> What is it time for? What is it time for? Special share. Lawsy, what do you have for me today? Well, for you, yeah, I and have everyone got... else. <laughs> Not just for you, no. I am watching Australian Idol. And I'm loving it. I'm loving that you're loving it. I am loving it. <sighs> I'm a big fan of talent shows. I'm so I know you've I'm you, so surprised you've, I haven't watched it. Yes. You've yes. just been doing other things. I need to catch it's up. It's not like you're watching maths instead. No, you're I'm, I'm genuinely yeah. not watching TV. You're just TV. not watching TV. At all. But if you aren't, like, decide mm -hmm. to turn on Australian Idol, or if someone just didn't, because I feel awesome. like because we do watch a lot of streaming services, sometimes yeah. you aren't up. Like, I feel like I'm not always up with what's on free-to-air TV. Totally. Dalton was up with it, though, and he has been watching it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll sit down and watch it. And I have just loved it. And Marsha Hines, who was obviously one of the judges back yeah. when we, we watched it, yeah was, I think she was just a guest for one, the yeah. top 50 part. I don't know why, but just watching her is like watching, feeling like you're having a hug. Yeah. Like every time she speaks, I'm like, oh, I just love you so much. Yeah. 
Like, I honestly want to start crying every time she speaks, even when she it's not an emotional thing. She's pie. just this lovely, warm, yeah. safe space. I, I can't even explain it. I just, I love her energy. So I've just loved it. And Megan Train is on there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, I really have enjoyed watching it. And the talent is, yeah. it's actually out of this world how good they are. Yeah. Like, even watching the auditions, I was like, some of the people that didn't get through, I'm like, well, they're the best. They're some of the best people I've ever seen singing. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, no, you're just not... Oh, and Amy Shark. I love Amy mm-hmm, Shark. Mm-hmm. I just, I could not recommend it more. Yeah, it wholesome. is. Wholesome. I agree. Talent shows are super wholesome. And I am angry at myself that I haven't watched it. However, there is still time. I can catch up. There so is still you. time. And I think the other thing it's reminded me of is, because mm. I was, when I first started watching, I'm like, I don't think I can watch this. It's really mean. Like, because like, obviously. It's really mean. Everyone gets rejected, essentially, except one that's person. That's life, honey. But that's what I think. <laughs> it's like, I do think we have become, or me, like more sensitive to rejection and processing it. Right. And it's just, I don't know, it's also been a nice reminder to me that like sometimes when things, when rejection comes. That's interesting to it me. Is, it, it's, it's life and it, it, you know, that's that it makes us stronger and we go and maybe You've we do other things. You've become more we, sensitive to rejection. I think society as a whole has become more sensitive to rejection, oh, yes. I, I didn't, mean, talent matters in, exactly. in a talent contest. Yes. So I'm going to back laws up here. I agree because when Carl Sanderlands was saying like mean things oh, but to that's, yeah no but there's but, rejection but, and then there's Carl yeah Sanderlands. yeah I know but last time when Australian Idol was big like and Dicko would do the same thing yes. it was acceptable oh my God, they actually that character look the same. it, it was that character. it was so much more acceptable back in the day to be like oh you're shit <laughs> see ya but yeah. now when you see it you're right laws like jarring. when you see someone go nah. That's no good. You're like, oh, be a bit more soft on them. Yeah. Like it's, I yeah, think it's I definitely changed. No, I get that. Delivery mm. is important. Mm. Delivery is important. But yeah. I think too, it has changed generally. Even when like Megan mm. Trainer or Amy were to say like, oh, you're just not at the level. I'm mm. like, oh, that's mean. But it's not. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's not, life, it's isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so if you need some of that too, to it's there. Australian Idol. Yeah. Oh, that takes me back. Channel 7. Uh, my. Oh, I didn't ask yours. Steffi, what's your treasure <laughs> share? <laughs> is a podcast. Yes. I know that you know and love the podcast On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Yes. So it is one of those episodes and it's with Drew Barrymore, who I love. I love Drew Barrymore. And I got really excited when I saw it because I also, this is a recommendation to myself to find out where I can watch her show and start watching her show because I think I've seen snippets of what she does on her chat show. She has a talk show. Um, she's had it for like the last two years and I have really liked what I've seen, but I've never thought to like go and actually watch a whole episode. But then listening to her on this podcast, I think really made me think, okay, no, I really love everything she has to say and how open and raw she is. So it's a really beautiful chat and a lot of the things that come up in the conversation um, are things like society's expectation on love and that pressure that you put on like finding love. And she speaks quite personally about it too in, in not knowing if she can... She asks Jay, like, how do I receive love better and everything? And it's, it's really beautiful. Um, she gets quite emotional in it. But also what I related to the most, I think, was she was speaking a lot about trying to master behavior or reactions to certain emotions. So not trying to squash emotions or not feel negative emotions, but work through her behavior. And there was just so much that she had to say about that, that I was like, oh my God, yes, same. And it's just, I feel like it's always reassuring hearing other people speak through that they have to like mentally stop themselves and tell themselves and like going through things that helps her, I suppose, not react in a way that she's going to regret later. Um, so I thought it was a really good conversation. So uh, Is it a long one? 
Um, yeah, it's it's over an hour. Okay, great. Yeah, I look forward to listening yeah. to it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So if you want to get in t- contact with us, the best way is actually through our new Kick Pod Instagram page, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. Yeah. So you can send us a DM, a voice, well, a DM with a voice note, with text. If you've got a DNM for us, a question for us, if you've got something to say about what we've said in the podcast or something you want to send in, we're also going to be putting when we ask for community, all of your amazing stories. That's where we'll be doing it. Yeah. So make sure you're following Kick Pod. Yeah. And some behind the scenes content will be there as well. Um, so you can follow us on there. You can also find us on Instagram at Keep It Cleaner at Smith at Laura.Henshaw. And if you'd like to find out more about Kick, you can. Our website is keepitcleaner.com. We've got a seven-day free trial and you can download our app on the App Store on Google Play or Apple. And we will chat to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.